When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And today, Logan, will talk, of course, NFL Draft. It's Draft Week. How, you feel it in the air? Are you excited? Yeah, I do feel it in the air. It is, I'm always excited for Draft Week. You know, we've been talking about it for a while. Like, we can talk about Draft for forever. But it is, uh, it's like the time. The time of year where teams make themselves better, right? And it's a lot of youth, a lot of promise moving forward. And inevitably, uh, you know, there's going to be some really cool success stories and some really disappointing failures, but that's what draft season is all about. So indeed Uh, draft season also about crazy storylines that are they that crazy? We'll talk about uh, CJ Stroud and the S2 cognition test in just a moment, but a little later in the show, uh, we're going to take a look at kind of the traits of what makes a commander's player at each, not at each and every position, but at some of the key positions that they're looking at. And then we'll put some of that to the test by going through a mock draft simulator and, and putting ourselves on the clock and saying, hey, if these are the guys on the board, what decisions do we make? I'm really looking forward to that. In part, Logan, because I've been doing it all weekend on my own, uh, like a gigantic loser. But hey, it's... Uh, it's right before draft week. So, well, that little demo, know. I think I think when you did demo, we just did a little walkthrough before we started. It's really cool because it shows you, like even with the evaluations, the, the, the program does a really good job. Even with the evaluations, like you just never know. And so how do right. you adapt and adjust to the situation that you're in? So I think it'll be cool for fans to kind of get a feel for like, these are the scenarios and this is kind of how we would think through and talk through them. So I think it'll be a good segment. Definitely. Okay. So with that said, let's get into the biggest story on the NFL draft right now as the athletic and some other uh, outlets, but mainly the athletic have done a bunch of write-ups on the S2 cognition. Nikki did one for the Washington post as well uh, a little while back, I think during the, the combine, but the S2 cognition test is this test that theoretically is able to measure the traits that we really look for, especially in quarterbacks. Um, it, it looks at visual processing. It looks at split second decision making. It, it looks at sequential decision making. If this, then that. And it measures it. Uh, and then there's, they've been doing this for a while now. And, and while they don't have a ton of data per year, uh, they have accumulated enough over a while to say like quarterbacks, especially who do pretty well on this test, um, tend to tend to pan out in the league, or at least the quarterbacks that pan out in the league tend to have done well on the test. That's probably a more accurate way to right. put it. There's also been a high uh, correlation of success to wide receivers and defensive backs. So a lot of positions that require 
uh, spatial awareness and, and that visual processing and decision-making. If I see the coverage is this, then I need to do this thing. Or if I'm a DB and I see the route concept is this, then I need to do this thing. And uh, Bryce Young scored in the 98th percentile. Uh, seems to lock up the number one pick for him. Meanwhile, CJ Stroud scores in the 18th percentile. And there is real talk about, does that scare Houston off of him at two? And does that scare a lot of teams off of him uh, in the top 10? So, Logan, I know you read some of, about the S2 as well. W just in general, what do you think of the S2 test and, and what it measures and its efficacy as part of the scouting process? So, obviously, the S2 has been, you know, a huge, a huge talking point this offseason because, you know, guys like Brock Purdy did really well on it. You know, guys like right. Drew Brees do really well on it. And it's just like this, you know, it's this thing that's become kind of this quantifying the unquantifiable in a way that like the wonder lick couldn't do it. I think it's important that fans understand that the S2 is not a test. It is a battery of tests. It's not like I sit down with a Scantron and fill it out. They're like at a touch screen there. And then they have other things where they're doing different kind of processing things. So it's not like that your traditional test and they kind of right. compile this together. Unlike so, the Wonderlick, it's not an intelligence test either. Correct. It's a reactive test. It's yeah. not. It's not based off of any like academic knowledge. And apparently, they've tried to design the test so you can't study for it. So even though Bryce Young has been taking this tense test since he was in high school, supposedly just retaking the test does not make you better at it. It's kind of like this very flexible and fluid kind of again judging reactions and things that you do well and allow. And then they give you kind of methodology to kind of improve that. It'd kind of be like, I guess a good way to think about it would be like if you were to, um, you know, do like some type of strength test and you were weak in your deadlift, then you'd see a strength coach and they were able to prescribe you kind of exercises to improve that area of your lifting. So that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, I think it's also important that, I, you know, I haven't read the the, the reports about, um, about Stroud specifically, but there are multiple tests. So I don't right. know if he got an 18% on the whole thing or if it was one well, section. Well, he got it. Yeah, he did. He did get eight and it's 18th percentile right. on the entire test. But I did read, I was reading, um, Bruce Feldman did like an NFL draft confidential where he talks to a bunch of NFL coaches and anonymously and, you know, quarterback coach one says this quarterback coach two says that. And they did say that the parts of the tests that they care about more for quarterbacks, he didn't do as poorly on. So, right. um, maybe the, and obviously the teams will have that prescribed to S2 will have that information. Right. So I think that that is, um, that's important to note, right? Is that like, it's not like this one number. It's like a compilation of a whole bunch of other tests. Now I would say, is it concerning? Yes. In, in the same way that if he, if a receiver comes out and runs like a four, eight 40, it's concerning. Like you're going to go back and kind of revisit the tape. That to me is not overly surprising uh, that his number is not great in this area because when you watch his film, I think he's a very good player. He's obviously got great arm talent, great anticipation, um, you know, great uh, understanding of how to layer the football. But, you know, he's playing behind an offensive line that'll probably have potentially, you know, two guys, three guys drafted in the top 66 players, like, you know, like really good offensive line play, really good receivers. Uh, Harrison Jr., the receiver from Ohio State, will probably be like a top five pick next year. He has right. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like that offense is tough for quarterbacks to evaluate. So even at the combine, when you're talking about Stroud to teams and, and other organizations, like irrespective of the S2 result, there are concerns about how does he handle things in a dirty pocket? How does he handle things when his process is accelerated? So that's even before this test came out. I think this test kind of gives you another kind of data point to say, 
you know, I, I when I was watching film, like I kind of thought he was a little bit slow in Area X, and maybe the S2 supports that. So I don't think the S2 should be taken as like this end-all, be-all concluding test, right? You know, I think it's, it's a piece of information, much like the information you get at the Combine, that should be weighed appropriately. It should be weighed in conjunction with the film. It should be weighed in conjunction with the 40 and the Combine and the interviews. And I would say I'd probably weigh it anywhere between 7 and 14% of my evaluation. So not an overly big piece of evaluation, but it's definitely, if I see a number like that on a test, you know, and I haven't seen his profile. S2 does a really good job of being very secretive about it. It almost falls under the HIPAA category of not being able to release it. So I don't know how you get these numbers out there unless someone is releasing them. But that's a conversation for another day. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that, you know, the agents, you know, if you're like Bryce Young's agent, you want that number out there. So you, you release it to a reporter, or, you know, whatever. But right. yeah, as to themselves absolutely does not release the information. They're very, very guarded. So like, then they're not going to comment on this. So it's like, how accurate is this number really? Now the teams will know. And I'm assuming that this number, his S2 is not going to be good as Bryce Young because Bryce Young, just like when you see him play, it's a, it's a different ball game, right? The things that the S2 is supposed to test. He innately does very, very well. And so I expect CJ Stroud to do not as well. Now, how, like, what is the difference between those two numbers? I don't know. But is it going to make me go back and reevaluate some of his film? Maybe have another conversation with him if I can, especially if I'm Houston picking it too? Absolutely. Is it going to dissuade me from picking him? No, but it's definitely going to force me to dig in on some of that evaluation and kind of say, all right, like, is this something that we think can get corrected? I'm going to talk to the guys at S2 and be like, you know, how do we interpret this data? Um, and what's the best way that we can help him if we do bring him in? Is it getting him on those, you know, computer screen boards and having him do a lot of reads like that? Or is it whatever? So that's kind of my thought. Yeah. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So for me, a bad test is less important than a great test um, in terms of single single testing. And I, I, I was talking to someone over the weekend who works in like a data analytics, and he's like, well, what do you do about a, a small sample size? And I was like, well, that's a good point. But I'll, I'll equate it to a 40. You, know, you use the deadlift analogy. That one could work too. But I'll equate it to a 40, yeah. right? Let's say my personal best, if, if I everything goes right, I sleep great, my nutrition is excellent, I, I just wake up feeling limber. Old Baker Mayfield. I, I don't know. I just woke up feeling dangerous. My yeah. best day. I run a four eight. That's my personal Craig Hoffman's best forty time. Well, most days, if I'm an actual elite athlete, I can get probably pretty close to that um, because I've trained that skill over and over again. Um, but there's no way I can actually I can go out and bust a four six. It's just not in me. It's not right. possible. But if I wake up feeling like crap, there's a chance I run a five flat. Right. Right. And so if you have one bad test, like was CJ Stroud, just did, was he tired? You know, he took the test in the middle of a bunch of visits. He's been working his butt off to get ready for the combine. Like, was was he legitimately just tired or uh, having an off day? And, and one test, even though it's a battery of tests, um, is not necessarily going to dissuade me from taking him if I've got 
a bunch of other things that, you know, the tape says like, yeah, that that's off. That doesn't make sense. That's surprising. I'd also probably want him to retake the test. Right. Yeah, and does he so. do better a second time around? Meanwhile, Will Levis scored in the 90th percentile as well. And that's one that's really interesting because if all of a sudden his decision making is way better than we thought, um, and maybe there, for, there were other reasons that were affecting, you know, what he produced. Now I'm more intrigued by Levis than I might have otherwise been. Now he's got some other issues, right? And this is where the entirety of the evaluation comes in. I was reading again that uh, draft confidential thing, and one of the quarterback coaches said about Levis, he just doesn't really layer the ball very well. Right. He just it's ever it's all fastballs all the time. So if you can make the right decisions, like that is the most important skill. But if you can't do anything with that information, then that's problematic, and you go from intriguing to yeah, well, you know, not that exciting. And so you know that also gets into like what's coachable versus what it's not. And the stuff that the S2 tests, I don't think is super coachable. Um, there, there's some level of it for sure. You know, we can, you know, and in the strength and conditioning, like sports performance world, there's certainly training that we can do um, that is in part mental and decision-making as well. But a lot of that stuff, like what makes a Bryce Young, a Bryce Young, or like in basketball, what makes LeBron James, LeBron James, is he was born with that. You're born with the ability to see the game slower and more clearly than everyone else. And so can you can you coach touch, you know, or is that also like a depth perception, kind of innate natural thing? And so that's that's to me where it becomes really interesting beyond just like a bad score. I'm willing to overlook that if every other factor suggests that may have been something, you know, on a, a, a bad test day. Um, but a good one really opens my eyes. And that's, you know, that's why like the Niners were not very surprised that Brock Purdy succeeded because right. he did really well on this. And he, he has a very clear understanding of what he sees and what to do with that information. And, uh, you know, just enough physical talent to, to be productive with it. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to say is that like, when you talk to like S2 gave an interview with PFF, uh, a representative for them, I think he's the co-founder of the company. I can't remember his name at the moment, but basically he was like, Doing well on an S2 test does not make you a good NFL quarterback. It means you're good in these areas which correlate to being a good quarterback. Because they said we've had people test, you know, above 98% quarterbacks that have never played it down in the NFL because there's a physical component to the game that needs to be acknowledged, right? And it goes the other way. So, like, if it's really bad, doesn't mean they're going to be a bad quarterback. So, I, I think that that's important. Like, there's still – there is a correlation – um, the extent of that correlation, I think, is yet to be determined because, like you said, Craig, they haven't. It's it's a relatively new test um, for NFL athletes. Obviously, they test it with high school and colleges for a couple of years now prior to this. But for the NFL, they're still kind of fleshing out exactly what everything means. Now, there seems to be, like I said, a correlation if you do better on these tests, but it doesn't mean you're going to um, be good or bad because, again, there's the other stuff associated with the positions. That's why I say you weigh this out how it's supposed to be weighed. Like I kind of like I'd weigh a 40 for a receiver. Like I said that already, or, you know, a, a really bad bench press number for an offensive lineman. I'm going to go back. I'm going to revisit some stuff. I'm going to try and talk to that kid again. And then that, that that's going to be the meat of my evaluation is my analysis of the kid, my analysis of the tape. And then again, if I see some of those red flags, I'm going to talk to S2 because again, in addition to the test, they provide, actionable solutions to help you improve in these areas somewhat. So that that's going to be my process. It's not going to make or break CJ Stroud, in my opinion. Is it a factor? Absolutely. But I also think that, you know, if that, if Houston loves him, this is not going to make them not love him. I, I think the reason that the people are talking about Houston passing on him is because of the other things that you see in his tape. 
that's already there that makes you nervous about him as a productive NFL player, especially by an offensive line that's still growing there in Houston. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's a, it's a good piece of information. It's an excellent test. I'm really glad the NFL is utilizing it, but I do think that it's um, it's just a piece of information. No doubt. Uh, just quick context uh, from the Athletics article on Brock Purdy in February. The company recently looked at 27 starting quarterbacks. Some of the older vets like Brady and Rodgers had entered the league before S2 began testing in 2015, and there are no scores for them. Breeze took the test while already playing in the NFL. Of that group, 13 had a career passer rating above 90, so 13 of 27. The average S2 score of those players was the 91st percentile. Those with passer ratings below 90 had much lower results. Those 14 guys, the the 14 that were below 90, the average score was in the low 60s. Um, Top-tier quarterbacks have the average, highest average score, and then safeties are actually right behind them. So, again, you got the, the you know, big – big spatial awareness, you know, problem solving type of position, uh, the S2 is, is incredibly helpful. And that makes total sense. Um, you know, can ultimately what it's the, the simplest version of what it's trying to test is if this, then that, and that's what quarterbacking and safety play and, you know, wide receiver play is, is like, if cover two, then I throw the ball here, or I bend my route that way. Or if, you know, if it's dagger, then I break on this route. Like, Right. That makes sense to me. Um, and so that's that's why I love this test. I actually think that as they get more information, yeah. um, and it's going to become a bigger part of evaluations. Um, but you do need, you know, anytime there is testing, a small sample size is the enemy of it being accurate. And so that that's why like an 18th percentile from Stroud, although very concerning, is not ultimately a deal, deal breaker. I would think about, like if I'm Houston, and I was on the fence at all, that might push me off the fence. I will say that. Um, but I've got to already be on the fence for that to be the case. Yeah, and from what I understand, like, they're, they've are they been on the fence about him for a couple of weeks now. So, right. you know, like, I'm sure this... All of I'm a sudden, sh- betting betting markets had, like, Levis going, too, all of a sudden. Really? So, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. that was interesting. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know about all that. But, you know, I think this is a... It's a good piece of information. It's, it's the combine. It's your interview process. It's the S2 test. And I think... To be considered with, with any kind of testing, to be considered in that pantheon of the evaluation process is pretty impressive. So I think it's a great tool. Yeah. I'm glad teams are using, utilizing it. I'm glad to have a, a way to test this. And hopefully it just keeps getting better. Like you said, they just keep getting more information. But it's not it's not the end-all, be-all for me in my evaluation. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't think there is an end-all, be-all. It's the, the conglomerate right. of it all. 